We've been hearing a lot lately about cancel culture and how it's gone to the extremes of attacking Dr. Seuss, the Muppets, and Looney Tunes characters. But now it's hitting the church. How can Christians respond? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, once again, it just feels like we're coming out of a really heavy month of news and just kind of slogging through these sobering headlines every day. And that's why I'm glad Easter is just around the corner and it just gives us some perspective for having hope in the future and just remembering that this is a time of new beginnings. And I love those the scripture in Corinthians that reminds us that we are a new creation in Christ. Yeah, this is a great time of year. We so look forward to that moment of Easter morning when we're with the body of Christ and just celebrating the resurrection and even just the silly things that we do around this season. Like, you know, every year my family does a family picture, you know, and I make the kids all line up and do all that stuff. And, you know, it's the time that I start gardening. And it just the beginning of spring is also connected to this beautiful picture of new beginnings. And, um, you know, I even think about it, honestly, just in a year this year that has been so hard. And I think most people can say this has been a hard year given the pandemic and everything else. And, you know, we just, we look at those things and we know they're all a product of the fall. You know, everything hard in this world was not as God designed it. And the beauty of Easter is that we get that reminder that he sent his son to basically give us a restart, to overcome death and destruction and eventually take us to a place where we can enjoy a new earth that is as God designed it, totally free from things like a pandemic. So it's just an amazing time. Well, speaking of Easter and going to church, on a more sobering note, our topic today is how we are starting to see the cancel culture actually infiltrating the church. For example, we just saw a headline the other day that one of our historically most respected Christian colleges, Wheaton College, that's where Billy Graham graduated from, by the way, apparently decided it's now embarrassed by a 64-year-old plaque that's there to honor these Christian missionaries who were speared to death in the Ecuadorian jungle. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, people should be under no illusion that this cancel culture thing is going to stop with Dr. Seuss or that it's going to stay, stay in secular spaces. Um, what, we've, what we've got here is a plaque. It was put on Wheaton's campus to honor these famous missionaries who were graduates of the college, Jim Elliott and Ed McCauley. And these two were among five men who went to take the gospel to this tribe um, and were speared to death as a result of what they did. And so you might remember from Elizabeth Elliott's testimony after the fact that their deaths were part of this miraculous journey towards the tribe eventually opening their hearts to the gospel and actually an outpouring of both funding and people into mission work all over the world. And it was all captured in this beautiful film called End of the Spear that people might remember. And this plaque just simply honors these missionaries for obeying the Great Commission and having that faith to go regardless of what the cost might be. And in this case, it was their lives. And so the plaque says, they chose the jungles of Ecuador inhabited by the Aka Indians. The, for generations, all strangers were killed by the savage Indians. After many days of patient preparation and devout prayer, the missionaries made the first friendly contact known to history with the Akas. So apparently the word savages is what's at issue here because it's considered politi uh, politically incorrect. But if you stop and think about this, I just don't know why it's incorrect to acknowledge that during this time period, there were people groups, basically unexplored, uncivilized, and they were violent at that time. Yeah, it concerns me that if we erase this idea that killing human beings is savage, we're neutralizing murder. We're saying brutal murder is somehow uh, not always morally wrong. And we know from the beginning of scripture, it is always wrong, even when it was Cain and Abel back in the day. Yeah, and it's just sad when these attempts to be so politically correct 
just erase a higher calling of honoring a heritage there. So that's the sad part. But I'm just going to throw out some other ways the cancel culture has really been coming after the church lately. And the latest news is this editor at USA Today actually calling for Oral Roberts University to be banned from the NCAA basketball tournament. Why? Horror of horrors, they actually have a biblically-based code for their students when it comes to practicing biblical sexuality. But apparently, according to this editor, that makes the school, quote, a hotbed of institutional transphobia, homophobia with regressive sexist policies. Unbelievable. We can't just enjoy a good sports underdog story anymore. It's really tragic. These teams who rarely ever make the NCAA, I mean, like once every 10 years, and then they have this big upset to beat a team like Ohio State, they should be celebrated. And when it happens to, when it happened years ago to a local school in Richmond, Virginia, it was all over town. VCU was written as the Cinderella story, right? They always talk about this is the big dance and this is the moment for the team to shine. You know, I think Al Mohler, actually, of the Southern Baptist Theological University, put it best. So here's what he said about it. He said, make no mistake. This may be about Oral Roberts University today, but the same will be said about you and your school, your church, and your organization tomorrow. You can count on it. All the scare words that are in this article are just unbelievable, and it's not going to be directed at any Christian institution that dares to defy the moral order. Yeah, that's what people under uh, need to understand about why we just can't turn a blind eye to this and kind of laugh it off. It is coming for the church and, in fact, has already started to do so, so... Um, You know, another example that really hits close to home for me is what's been happening at Baylor University in Texas, because I actually graduated from there and spent a whole lot of time at the school paper. So it's interesting to me that this latest cancel culture controversy is originating there. And basically what happened is there's this professor that lectures there, Dr. Christina Crenshaw, who, by the way, is a passionate activist against sex trafficking. But... She committed the sin of violating cancel culture rules by tweeting about transgender issues that, you know, you're always in trouble if you say anything about that. Uh, But what happened is she simply responded to another tweet in a conversation about President Biden's executive order that paved the way for government to be able to force schools to let biological males use girls' bathrooms. And her tweet basically said, what if I don't want biological boys in the bathroom with my biological daughter? Do the 99% of us who do not struggle with gender dysphoria have a voice? So, you know, that seems reasonable enough, but that was enough to get her labeled as transphobic in a campus, in the campus newspaper headline. It was their headline. They used the word transphobic in their headline. Students later started petitioning to get her fired. Um, Now, thankfully, the paper did later apologize for that ridiculous headline, but I don't think the controversy has quite died away. Um, But I think it'd be good for us to just listen to her comments about going through this whole experience in a television interview. And I think for the first time, I am asking myself, is it safe to even espouse these traditional Orthodox Christian views at our traditional Orthodox Christian university? I think we all want to be able to say that it is safe and that this is a sacred space to be able to wrestle through hard things. It truly is concerning to hear a Christian professor at a Christian university not feeling comfortable being able to espouse Orthodox Christian views. And honestly, for all of us who, as we hear cancel culture attacking all of these spaces and are thinking more and more about our kids going to Christian colleges, it's sad to think about us having to combat cancel culture within a Christian space. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. 
Well, you know, we've been giving all these examples about the cancel culture hitting the church and Christian universities, but let's just get some bigger perspective on why is this happening, especially when you consider that a lot of these cases really seem to center around these two issues of some kind of identity and sexuality. Well, first of all, whether you are a Christian or not, everyone should be concerned that both government and the private sector now are trying to gut our freedom of speech and erase anything that doesn't line up with secular orthodoxy, particularly on sexuality. You know, we live in a pluralist society and we used to brag about it being a melting pot and with a melting pot of different people come different viewpoints and we used to honor those even if we didn't agree with them. So, but the other thing is cancel culture is really a result of the fact that we are no longer in a Judeo-Christian culture. We have lost important social values like forbearance, forgiveness, and redemption. And we've also lost a perspective on what is really right and what is really wrong. And so in a, in a postmodern culture, we're rejecting, this culture is rejecting real truth. And in that vacuum, people are trying to replace it with a different kind of morality. We still have this bizarre, innate thing that we want to look righteous in the eyes of God and man. And so we still try to create this way of looking better than other people. And so we've literally had a culture that's creating a, a a way of proving themselves. And so it's especially true when it comes to sexuality where the world has rejected God's design. And then of course we know that there have been real tangible sins in the form of racial prejudice, whether it's in any any particular people group. We have had situations where people have not had the right perspective, but cancel culture and identity politics are what result when you try to solve sin outside of a gospel perspective. And I also think it's definitely the result of this Marxist type of philosophy that's been percolating in our university for decades. And now we clearly see the fruit of that um, because it's being implemented now by the younger generations who were really indoctrinated into that. And now they are the leaders, you know, in today's companies, local governments, even our churches. So what do we do about it? Yeah, I mean, just this week, I heard a quote from a, a university professor, actually here in Virginia, saying that he used to think that the kids came to college and the college actually made them Marxists. And now he's saying they're coming as mini Marxists, meaning they already have these beliefs. Bottom line is, as biblically minded Christians, we can model wisdom by how we speak. We can balance truth and grace. And rather than erasing places where we've seen sin, we would instead want to be able to share how those wrongs can be taken to the cross. Well, it's that time again, time for our Inconceivable Moments Award where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Actually, today's entire show could be considered one big inconceivable moment. But since it's our tradition to highlight one outrageous incident for the week, I think we really have to go what's happening in Loudoun County right now. Yeah, this is the same school district that helped lead off the latest cancel culture controversy over Dr. Seuss after deciding his books were no longer appropriate because they weren't culturally responsive or whatever. And, you know, so then it's it's also, by the way, one of the wealthiest public school districts, and they've been using that funding to actually push this critical race theory ideology with books and speakers and, and push it into the curriculum. And, and lately, thankfully, we've had some parents and even brave teachers that have been speaking up about it. Courageous uh, teachers, and one of them actually made the news recently. Let's just hear her speak for herself. This school district continues to show up on national news, and it is absolutely embarrassing to see what once used to be the nation's leading uh, school district has desecrated to. This school district is upon almost every single school district in the nation that continues to force teachers through mandatory training where we are told to examine our whiteness, white privilege, 
white supremacy, microaggressions upon every other thing that is absolutely stupid and racist. Now the same school district wants to threaten to fire teachers who do not agree with a critical race theory. Yeah, apparently now there are those in the district and in this area that are already plotting to take revenge on people like her and other parents who dare to speak up publicly on this. And when I say revenge, I am not exaggerating. News just came to light that a private social media group in this area has been secretly plotting how to sabotage and silence any of these dissenters to pushing critical race theory in the schools. Yeah, they even have a name for themselves, the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County. And this group includes current and former educators in the county, not just parents. And of course, I can't help connecting the fact, by the way, that they're they're named after, if you remember the, the famous book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, with the author that we've struggled with at Loudoun County is pushing. There's no disconnect between what the county's been doing and what how these parents are reacting. But ironically, you know, this anti-racist effort that they're making is actually stoking more division. They're actually listing the names of neighbors and parents to be targeted on a hit list. Apparently, the majority of these victims targeted on their hit list did nothing more than factually present reasons why critical race theory wasn't healthy for the public schools. Yeah, so I definitely have to say this week's Inconceivable Award has to go to the so-called anti-racist parents of Loudoun County. I mean, among other things, some of the actions they were recommending on their page was figuring out how to hack the web pages of dissenters, as well as how to sabotage people by creating fake online profiles to get in their Facebook pages or whatever it is so they can spread things about them publicly. I guess to pretty much shame them into compliance. Yeah, this thing is pretty insidious. And I I think it reminds us that bullies come in all forms, sometimes even in moms and yoga pants. I mean, this is absurd. (laughs) We have really created a culture where we are absolutely going after each other in this cancel culture. I think that's why it's so important that we've really got to stand strong with a truth and grace approach right now. You know, we got to acknowledge what is wrong that's happening with things like racism, but then boldly speaking up about an anti-God Marxist worldview coming into our schools. Well, it's time to wrap things up. And just to remind everyone, after we've done a few of these inconceivable awards, we're going to put them in a top 50 list you can download. So if you want to participate in that process, be sure to send in your nominations to speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. That's speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.